Good morning, church. The reading this morning comes from Luke chapter 22, verse 14 through 20, and it reads, When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table, and he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took the bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body given to you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood which is poured out for you. Amen. Good morning, Table Church. It's great to be here with you today. My name is Phil Wiseman, and I am the lead pastor here at Table Church. Some of you may know we did have a, a kosher exposure a week ago or an incident. We had positive tests in our house, um, but thankfully we're out of the, uh, we're out of the five-day period. But I have also taken three COVID tests this week and tested negative in all of them. And so I'm pretty sure there's not an ounce of COVID in my body. Nonetheless, I'm going to stay out of the lobby today. I won't be kissing your babies either. Um, so I'm so glad to be here with you, though, and um, thankful that you are here as well. I want to reiterate what Megan shared earlier about the teammates program with Edmonds. Edmonds Elementary has become just a really important place for us. We love blessing and partnering with that school, all the students that come to our tutoring program, uh, it's called Rise Up. Everyone that comes to our Rise Up tutoring program is from Edmonds, so we've been able to develop this, a relationship with this school. And um, perhaps you have wanted to serve with Rise Up before, but the three to five time slot every Tuesday just doesn't work for you. Uh, teammates is an excellent opportunity for you just to come, a little more flexibility, just a half hour over the lunch break, um, and I think it can make a huge impact. So please consider uh, being a part of that cool program, and we'll be talking about it through the month of January as well. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us, please. We start a new series today called The Table, and the point of this series is to remind us who we are, Table Church. This is that scene in The Lion King when Mufasa appears in the clouds and says to Simba, remember who you are. That's what this series is all about for us. We are Table Church. And our mission is inviting people to the way of Jesus. And every single word in that mission, every word in our name is intentionally chosen. And I hope that through this series, we can start to discern just how near and dear to God's heart that is. Many of you know that Table Church started in October of 2019. At least that's when we had our very first service at the Playhouse. But the fact of the matter is that Table Church started many years before then. We didn't know it, but... God was working way before October of 2019. See, for years, my family lived just down the street from Pastor Megan and her family. And every Monday night, the Wisemans would go down to the cook's house, and we'd sit around the cook's table, and we would have dinner together. It was just a tradition that we had as neighbors and as friends. We'd gather around their table, and by the way, we're going to have some pictures on the screen if you just wanted to see some pictures of cook kids or Wiseman kids when they were really young. Today's your lucky day. We were just doing life together, summer and winter. We weren't talking about ministry. We weren't planting a church. We were just neighbors eating food around a table. But little did we know that behind the scenes, 
God was cooking up something that we would have never guessed. And no, it's not just the fact that Pastor Megan makes the best French toast I've ever had, but it's true. See, next to the cross, there may be no more notable symbol in Christianity than the table. The table is a significant part of our faith. Jesus spent countless hours doing ministry at tables. And so when the cooks and the wise men gathered around a table every Monday, we thought we were just having a meal. But I believe that something else was happening. I believe that the Holy Spirit was doing work in our hearts and was bringing to bear things that would eventually come at table church. Like I said, you couldn't always feel it. Some nights our kids were grumpy. The cook kids were never grumpy. It's just my kids. Sometimes kids were grumpy. Sometimes the weather wasn't very nice out. Sometimes it's just like, yeah, I don't know, we're just, I had a long day at work and I'm just kind of sitting here eating a meal. It didn't always feel spiritual. You know what I mean? It didn't always feel like God was doing something. But he was. He certainly was. The values and the relationships that were forged around that table would one day give rise to table church. And so we want to talk about the power of the table today. And I mean, when I talk about the power of the table, I'm talking about a literal table. You'll hear me say this later. Your table is a more effective ministry uh, tool than any degree from seminary. Like there's just something about sitting at a table with somebody that I think God uses. But it's also metaphorical. Like we're going to be talking about how do we just expand the borders of our hearts and welcome more people in. Now, as far as literal tables go, the power of actual tables, there's an organization called the Family Dinner Project, and they're just trying to promote family dinners, getting families to sit down around a table every day and have dinner together. And the leader of the Family Dinner Project uh, puts it like this. She says, there have been more than 20 years of dozens of studies that document that family dinners are great for the body, the physical health, the brains and academic performance, and the spirit or the mental health. And in terms of nutrition, cardiovascular health is better in teens then the mental health benefits are just incredible. Regular family dinners are associated with lower rates of depression and anxiety and substance abuse and eating disorders and tobacco use and early teenage pregnancy and higher rates of resilience and higher self-esteem. So, I mean, just about every benefit you could ever want is right there just by having family dinners around the table. No wonder Jesus chose to do so much ministry at a table. There's something sacred about it. Throughout this series, we're going to be encountering some of those moments at a table that Jesus shared. As we, as we look at these moments in the, in the Gospels, I want us to learn how to live a table-shaped life. You may have heard Christians talk about living a cross-shaped life, a cruciform life. Well, I want to do that, but I also want to live a table-shaped life here at Table Church. And here's how we do that. A table-shaped life says, I am welcomed that I may welcome. I am welcomed, that I may welcome. So there's a progression in this table-shaped life. Let's talk about the first part, I am welcomed. In our passage that Moses just read for us, Jesus is celebrating the Passover with his disciples. They're reclining at the table, and Jesus says this to them. He says, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. I have eagerly desired. In the original language, in the Greek, that's kind of idiomatic. See, when, we, when you wanted to really emphasize something in the Greek, you'd, sometimes you'd say the same thing twice. You'd use the same word twice. And that's what Jesus does here. It's literally, he's saying, with burning desire, I have desired. He doubles the word desire. And the word for desire kind of has this burning connotation to it. So I have deeply longed 
to share this meal with you, he's saying. It's remarkable to me that the night that Jesus was to be betrayed and arrested, the night before he was to die, all Jesus wants to do is have a meal with his friends. And Jesus' followers have understood that Jesus' desire to share a meal with his disciples, that it extends to you and me as well. That this table that Jesus shares with his disciples is a table for him, it's a table for him and the twelve, it's a table for Jesus and all other followers of Jesus ever to come after them, and it's also a table for two where Jesus invites you to sit with him. He eagerly desires, with a burning desire, he desires to sit with you at a table. Rowan Williams, theologian, says it like this, for Christians to share in the Eucharist, the Holy Communion, means to live as people who know that they are always guests, that they have been welcomed, and that they are wanted. That truth, that you are wanted, must be the foundation of your spiritual life. It must be where things begin. This is Christianity 101. God wants you. We cannot say this enough because we try as hard as we can to flip this around. We think, well, God, God must not really want me. I got to try to make God want me. I got to try to do stuff to get God to want me. That's the foundation many people work from, but that is spiritual death. Jesus says, I have eagerly desired to share this meal with you. The night that he was betrayed, the night that he was arrested, the night before he was to be nailed to a cross, Jesus just wants to have a meal with his friends. We're so bad at remembering that the church now, for 2,000 years, we've instituted this little practice that we call the Eucharist, communion, Lord's Supper, whatever you want to call it, where we constantly return to the table. Why? For many reasons. But one of them is to remind ourselves of this fact that we are wanted, we are welcomed, we are invited to this table. Because we have to keep returning in order to get our forgetful flesh to remember the fact that Jesus wants me here. He has eagerly desired to share this meal with us. Once the apostles were seated at the table, Jesus takes the cup and the bread, he takes each one of those, and he, and he gives thanks. He holds them up, and he says, thank you to the Father for the cup and the bread. The Greek word is eucharisteo. It just means to give thanks. It's where we get our word eucharist, the eucharist or communion. It's just thanksgiving. That's what it is. But notice the timing of Jesus' thankfulness. Jesus is giving thanks to the Father for a loaf of bread the night that one of his disciples would betray him, the night that he would be arrested, the night that he would be tried, and the night before he would be killed. And yet Jesus is still thanking God. The act of thanking God, the timing of it, is just amazing to me. The act of thanking God for some bread the night before you're crucified, that amazes me. Because to thank God for something, what does that mean? It suggests God's provision in that particular thing. It suggests that God is providing something for you in that moment. It suggests that God is with you in that moment. And if Jesus can recognize God's provision even in his darkest hour, that means that God's provision must extend through all aspects of life. Again, Rowan Williams says, When Jesus gives thanks at that moment before the breaking and spilling 
but for the wounds and the blood, it is as if he is connecting the darkest places of human experience with God the giver. As if he is saying that even in these dark places, God continues to give. And therefore, we must continue to give thanks. It means this, this means that all of human existence, from the highest highs to the lowest lows, are still imbued with God's gifts and with God's presence. It's amazing what we can be reminded of at a simple table. See, if Jesus could recognize the hand of God on the night of his arrest, that means that all of life is bursting with the gifts of the giver. If Jesus could identify God at work in his lowest moment, that means that God is at work in my lowest moment too. Eucharist is when we are reminded that Jesus earnestly desires to eat with us. Even at your lowest point, you are welcomed. Christians have long supposed that, you know, the Lord's table is something that you, you have to clean yourself up before you can come here. But you've got to kind of get your act together before you can have a seat at this table. But you know, the Lord's table is there precisely for those who don't have it all together. It's there for precisely for those who don't have it all together. And if you don't believe me, just think about something in this passage for, for a minute. Uh, think about who Jesus is eating with in this moment. Okay, first you've got Judas, the guy who literally just betrayed him. Um, Jesus breaks bread and hands him some. Uh, and then after this meal is over, the scene quickly changes and you'll find two of Jesus' disciples arguing about who's going to be greatest in the kingdom. And then you've got Peter who swears up and down while they're sitting at the table, Lord, I will never forsake you. Well, guess what happens a few hours later? I mean, the scene immediately after this meal at this table is a dumpster fire of the disciples absolutely missing every single point that Jesus just said or did. And yet he eagerly desires to have a meal with these misfits and these mess-ups. This is the group that Jesus eagerly desired to eat with. Look, a table-shaped life must start with the fact that I am welcomed and I am wanted no matter what I've done, no matter who I am, no matter my past, no matter my shortcomings, anxieties, I am wanted. I'm eagerly desired at this table with Jesus. Understanding the fact that you are welcomed is the first foundational step in your life with God. You can't get around it, but unfortunately, many people try to forget this. It's something that we often never learn. We must learn to be welcomed. We must learn to be welcomed. You know, that's a skill that we have to develop to be welcomed. I, I think it might even be more, more true for we in this culture. We must, be wel we must learn how to be welcomed. What happens whenever somebody invites you over for a meal? What do you do? The first thing you say, you say, what can I bring? And that's nice. That's polite. There's nothing you can bring to this meal, though. There's nothing you can bring but yourself. You, you can't add to this one at all. You don't get to bring your own unique contribution that says, oh, look, I just made it better. No. You see, to be welcomed, particularly at this table, I have to realize that there's nothing I can do to deserve this. I'm horrible at accepting something that I don't deserve because to accept something I don't deserve would suggest that I, I couldn't chin it. I couldn't do it. I wasn't enough. And that's precisely the point. When it comes to the Lord's table, I couldn't chin it. I couldn't do it. I wasn't enough. I'm entirely at the mercy of Jesus here who is enough. 
And he pulls out a chair for me. He says, Phil, I've prepared this for you, and I've, I've eagerly desired to share this meal with you. Once we learn to be welcomed, then we can move to the second part of a table-shaped life. We said, it's to be, where we say, I am welcomed that I may welcome. I am welcomed that I may welcome. See, there's this progression in the table-shaped life. You start here, and over time, you start to learn what it means to be welcomed. And you start to humble yourself, and you start to accept the gifts of the giver no matter where in life you are. And eventually, there comes a point where things change, and suddenly, Jesus invites you now to sit in the table of the host, to be the welcomer, to be the person who invites others to the table. And this is what we must be, table church. This is what happened to the followers of Jesus. Look what happens after Jesus ascends to heaven. Acts 2 says, Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So we find Jesus' followers shortly after Jesus uh, ascends into heaven. They're reenacting that moment with Jesus. They're reenacting that meal. Except now Jesus isn't physically there anymore. Now they're the hosts. They're the ones that are breaking bread and giving it. And it says, the Lord is adding to their number daily those who are being saved. Well, you know, they didn't have megachurches then. They didn't have big auditoriums. It doesn't mean people were just coming to worship service and raising their hand or checking a box and getting saved. No, they were coming into their homes. They were sitting at their tables daily. They were hosting. They were welcoming. They were inviting. They were saying, there's room for you. Once we have learned to be welcomed, we must now learn to welcome, to expand our tables, to expand the borders of our hospitality. This is the heart of what table church needs to be. Next week, we have a guest speaker. Um, his name is Wayne Schmidt. He's the general superintendent of the Wesleyan Church. Big dog. And uh, I'm excited to have him. He's, I respect him a lot. He's an awesome leader. But Wayne pastored a church in Michigan for over 30 years and that church grew to be a pretty big church, but they noticed something midway through their history, and he's probably going to tell this story next week as well, but they noticed something, that their neighborhood was starting to change over the years. This was a predominantly white church. Their neighborhood was, the demographics were changing, more immigrants and refugees and people of other races were coming and living in that neighborhood. And Wayne told me that God shook him up a little bit. God made it clear to Wayne. He said, Wayne, I didn't, I didn't call you to ministry just to, meet, just to reach people that look like you. You're not called just to serve people that look like you. What are you doing to serve your neighborhood as your neighborhood looks now? They made it their mission to change, to become a church that could welcome people that weren't like them. They, became a, they wanted to become a multi-ethnic church. Of course, that... It's an enormous and long process, but by God's grace it happened. But the reason they did that was because God's heart for the church is to look, be a foretaste of heaven. I remember what Wayne told me when I was talking to him about this. Uh, this line really struck me. He said, Phil, some aspects of discipleship can't happen in a context of sameness. Think about that for a second. Some aspects of discipleship can't happen in a context of sameness. That means that there are areas of your spiritual growth that just can't happen around a bunch of people that look like you, that think like you, that act like you. 
You can't grow, at least in some areas, in a context of sameness. And the fact is that at Table Church, we kind of find ourselves in a similar place, predominantly white congregation, in a neighborhood that's much more diverse than our congregation is. Are we willing to step out of our comfort zones in order to be welcomers? We must be welcomed in order to be welcomers. Because I believe that God's heart for the church, I think we get a little taste of it. In Revelation chapter 7, it says that every tribe and tongue and nation is worshiping around the throne of Jesus. And I think that the church is supposed to be a foretaste of that reality. We don't just say, oh, that looks cool. That'll be fun when we get there. We say, no, how do we bring that reality to earth now? That's what heaven's going to look like one day. It starts with each one of us asking this simple question. Who am I welcoming to my table? Who am I welcoming to my table? Think about that for a minute. Who are the last few people that you've had over for, for dinner? Who have you welcomed to your table? Are they all just like you? And now who in your life might you be able to invite and welcome? Think about t- the Table Church logo for a second. Maybe you've got a Table Church shirt. We've got a logo, right? And underneath it, there's two words. It says, there's room. Now, there's literally lots of room here. There's like 400 chairs in this place. We got lots of room. But hopefully that's not what we're talking about, or at least not all that we're talking about. Hopefully when we say there's room, we're saying, look, it's not just that we have more chairs than we know what to do with. It also is that we are a people who are continually learning how to expand the borders of our hospitality and include other people. That we are people who are learning what it means to be welcomed by Christ so that we can welcome others in the name of Christ. Hopefully that's what it means when we say there's room. It's a reminder to us that there must always be room in our hearts and in our lives and at our tables for people who who are different. Your table is a more effective ministry tool than any seminary degree. And I mean it. And I bet you've got one. So who's around your table? Who do you need to invite around your table? The way we change a church, the way we change a neighborhood, the way we change a community, one table at a time. All of us doing what God has called us to do, being welcomed that we might welcome. I want to invite some guests on stage with me. So Jamie and Isaac and Moses are going to come up and join me for a minute here. And uh, they're going to share a story. This, uh, this story, how would I describe it? I would say it doesn't get any more table church than this right here. And so I'm excited for you to hear the story of Jamie and Isaac. And Moses is going to kind of emcee the interview or the discussion Um, but as they talk, I want you to be asking yourself, why not me? Why not, why not see God do something like this in my life too? Because what we're going to find is that when we welcome people to our table, often we are the ones that benefit the most. Often we are the ones that learn the most. And so as they share, I hope that that's something that you will learn. And, uh, after they're done, we're going to play another song and we'll take communion during that time. We won't introduce it or anything like that. Just as when, the band, when, when they start playing the song, whenever you feel led, just come down and you can take communion. We've got the cups down here. You, you peel off and you take the bread and then you peel it off and you take the cup. There's a garbage can here you can throw it away in. That's the, uh, the nitty gritty details. But really what we need to remember is that God, that Jesus eagerly desires. He desires with a burning desire to meet with you here. He invites you and he wants you.
today. And so come and humble yourself. Accept the fact that Jesus loves you, that Jesus wants you, and let that reality and that truth spur you on to become a welcomer yourself, to take the love of Christ and to say to the world, there's room. Let me pray. Oh God, as we continue through the service, I ask that, um, I ask that your spirit would dwell richly in these moments as we get to hear stories of your work in the lives of your followers, and as well as when we come and we, we join you at your table and take the bread and the juice that you gave thanks for, even on the nights that you were betrayed, Lord, you were just thinking about having a meal with your followers. And so today we meet you at that table and we thank you for the, for the fact that you eagerly desire us. We pray all these things in your name. Amen. Amen. Take it away. All right, thank you. <clears throat> all right, before we start, um, because we will actually just have a conversation and you will be listening to us, but I just... A couple of things before we start. Um, so I actually share a language with Isaac, uh, Swahili. So during uh, this time and discussing with Jamie and Isaac, I will be speaking both in English and in Swahili. I will be sure to translate um, both sides so you'll be able to capture the full message and the full story of their experience together. Um, so just listen in on that. And then lastly, at the end, I will conclude uh, with praying, and I will pray both in Swahili, and then I'll finish off with English before the uh, band comes up to close up the service. So thank you. I hope uh, you can find uh, uh, something worthwhile in, in this conversation we're about to have. Thank you very much. Okay, first, I just want to say thank you again, Jamie, for being here. Asante sana, Isaac, na sisi leo, na shukuru na wewe. Um, so we'll start right away, um, Jamie, with you first. Um, do you just want to share a little bit of, about how you actually met Isaac and uh, his lovely wife, uh, Francine, and the experience uh, that that brought to you? Mm -hmm. So in August, it was a really hot, humid, 100-degree day right before school started, and my girls... 10 and 6 were convincing me that we needed Snookies one last time <laughs> to end the summer. And my husband teaches. He was getting his classroom ready, and I really didn't want to go out in the heat, but I said yes. And so we went on our way to Snookies, and we're at a stop sign. And I had seen, a, I saw a couple um, carrying grocery bags in all of their hands, and it was so hot, and I felt so bad seeing them even. But I turn the corner, and then in my rearview mirror, I see Francine um, kind of fall down on the ground out of heat or exhaustion. And so I felt like I have to help, or at least see if they need help. And so we, I turned the van around, and I told my kids to get in the back of the van. We're going to see if the, some people needed our help. And um, they were thinking I'm crazy. And so I pull up, and I say, hello. Do you need help? Do you need a ride? And they kind of look, and I could tell Francine was like, no, no. Um, and so I rolled the window down to see, and my kids are like, hi, you know, and trying to communicate. Um, I'm just a mom with my kids, and we're safe. You'll be okay just to get a ride home. And so I could tell Francine was really nervous, and Isaac was trying to convince her, like, it's fine. They seem okay. Like, we can get a ride. <laughs> and so um, 
they did end up getting in our van for a ride. Thank you, thank you. Um, I, I'll, I'll just interject briefly before I turn to Isaac since uh, we had some communication this weekend um, um, just about the story as well. Uh, so, Nataka Nyuambia Vile Kwanini Francina Lukua at Anaogopa Kwingendani Agari. So, he tells me that the reason why she hesitated, which um, Jamie kind of noticed, um, is because she is afraid of dogs. And so she was, she was like, what if they have a dog inside their car, like a pet? It's like, it's not going to be good for us. So she's just really afraid of dogs. And so she hesitated, I mean, to the point that she really did not want to get inside the car. Not because she didn't trust Jamie or, or her children. It's just, hey, they might have a dog. And so uh, Isaac was pleading with her a lot. And there was a little bit of back and forth. But as Isaac looks back and shares, you know, it's, it's comical and there's enjoyment in it. Um, and and he, 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 he says, finally, she accepted and she got in the car. So, kuna chuchoto ungependa kuongeza kuhusu vile mulikutana mara ya kwanza? Asante sana, Bwana Moses, na watu wote nyakwapa. Yeah, he wants to say thank you so much for everyone being here today. Mimi ni mkimbizi mupia hapa, nilikuwa hapa, talia kuminatatu mwezi ya julai, wakaijayo. Yes, he, he came here. He's a new new person here in the U.S. He came July last year. Sasa kukuyapa, sina wazazi hapa, sina watu kutoka kwa familia yangu hapa. Kila kiti likuwa mupia sana hapa, hata na kujua kwenye soko hiko, hikuwa ngumu. Yes, he says, uh, when I came here, I knew no one. I had no one, I had no family, my parents, anyone to help me. Even to get to the store was very difficult. Sasa nilijaribu kutembea kwa store nye kukalibu hapa kutunua kidu kidogo na Francine, my fiancé. Yes, um, he says he, was, he decided, oh, let me just walk to the closest store to buy some few groceries um, with, with, with Francine to just try and get some things they needed. Nilikuwa sijui mutioyote, nilikuwa sijui hata tukua na watuna usafili. Yes, he says, I still didn't know anyone and didn't even have means to travel. This is why I, I, I didn't even know how to travel, even use public transportation or anything like that. So I just chose to walk. Sasa wakati tulijalibu toka hapo kwa stoa, ilikuwa kulikuwa mchana sana, juwa na inapiga sana. Tukifika, tunachoka, tunakala kalibu na balabala, chini ya muti. Says uh, when we went to the store and we were leaving and walking uh, back home, it was so hot and very, very difficult to stay in the heat. So they were walking by the road and they were stopping different points to be underneath the shade of a tree. So wakati tukua na lilaksi hapo chini ya muti, tukiona mutu mama uyu, anatoka fasi nye hatijui kwenye natokea. And so what, during those moments, um, they saw Jamie showing up and this, this lady, they didn't, of course, it was Jamie at the time, and they didn't know where she was going or why she was stopping. Sasa akesimamu, akepatia jambu, akesema, hey, mnaitaji usafini wafikisha nyumbani. Yes, and so she offered, hey, do you need any help getting home? Sasa flansini juu, haiko lafi, ya najua sana watu hapa na wanapenda kwa na mapeti ndani ya magali, imbwa, mapusi. Yeah, so he's saying um, people in America, uh, in a way actually it's almost like they're really odd and weird and they have cats and dogs inside their cars. Sasa flansini hakesema, hapa na tunayizikutana ndani umbwa, tunayizikutana ndani pusi, mtena mi naogopa kitu, nidudu yo. Yeah, so she says, uh, I, no, 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 I'm, I'm really afraid of those, and I don't really want to risk the chance. 
lakini mtu kama mimi niko mtu napenda sana kujua au kufanya ulafiki watu mimi najua na usijui mm-hmm. so he's saying i'm more of an extrovert Francine is more of an introvert so i i i, I want to interact with people so i was pushing her, hey let's meet these people even get to know them hapo tukaingia kwa gari tukikutana ndani watoto waketu kalibisha says we got in the car and they walked them so nicely the uh, James children walked them so nicely Francine alifly sana kukutana ndani umbo yote Francine was so excited there was no pets inside the car <laughs> so pale pale tukisikia tuko nyumbani tuko na watu wenye tukisikia tuko nyumbani kabisa she, she says as soon as we got into the car we felt so welcomed it felt like we were at home sasa tukaenda paka nyumbani kwangu So they went until uh, their home. Atupatia usafiri kutoka pale ile mchana paka kwetu. So they got a ride all the way to his house. Lakini fika nyumbani mtoto mdogo akisema mama acha tupate namba ya Isaac atukusudi tukwe in touch naye. Yes and so um, he says after they were being dropped off uh, uh, one of James children was like hey mom like can we get Isaac's number so we can be in touch with him? ile kitu na sasa nikikumbuka mtoto mdogo kuleta wazo hiyo hatujui hatujui wa baby na ambaye tukusudi tukue tuendelee ku connect ilikuwa kitu yenye nafurahisha sana he says looking back i really i still can't believe that a 10 year old would have that much courage to say to a stranger hey can we get your number so that we can stay in touch with you and help you out and he says as i look back it brings so much joy inside my heart wakebeba namba yetu kutoka ile ile siku ilikuwa tarehe 4 mwezi wa 9 mwaka ijayo yeah so he says he was in uh, uh, um, it was around september time that they received the phone number they made the connection um, around that time wakitubeba kwao kuikala kwa meza tukichangia chakula so then um, uh, they, they even went to their house and they got to connect over having dinner and having a meal ndio wakati ni jua nyumbani kwake na bwana wake so then he got to he got to meet uh, to see the house and got to meet uh, Chris uh, James husband tangile wakati urafiki kejiongezea wakati yote tulikuwa napenda usafiri saa kwenda kwa soko au kwa store karibu kwenda kwa appointment fulani mm-hmm. tulikuwa naomba usafiri wanakwea kabisa nasaidia so now it grew to when we needed help to go to some run some errands go to some appointments or going anywhere they would actually offer to be able to assist us with with, with transporting us where we needed to go tena kuna wakati nilitembea na mama wao na mtoto wake mdogo huko downtown nikujaribu kutuonesha vitu fulani kufanya kind of small tour yes I, he remembers there's one time that um a Jamie and I'm assuming you'll be Tanner um they they went on a walk around downtown Des Moines just for him to get to see what the city is and learn and he remembers doing that with Jamie. Kwa mtu mpya hapo Amerikani au hapa Des Moines hiyo talifanya kusudi ni uzukuza kuzoezoea fast tofauti na kitu ambayo iko karibu nami. Yes, so being a new person here in America just being able to get around and seeing things was so instrumental for me to start becoming familiar with this new new area this new land that I was at. Sasa muda ikifika ginst kwa na ongea ongea kiniuliza vitu tofauti lugha ambayo naiziongea 
aki aki understand as yonge aluga kalibu sita tena muile luga mukuluga swahili na akasema na lafiki yao ni Moses anaongea swahili so then they started talking like what kind of languages do you speak and you told them I speak all these different languages but one of them is Swahili, and then Jamie made the connection said, hey, we know Moses, and we know Moses from our church, and he speaks Swahili as well. Yes, so of course, through Jamie, um, we, we actually had a meal at uh, Jamie and Chris's house, and he got to meet uh, Nyla and Ellis. Then, kupitia Jamie, Moses, nikejua yeah and then through of course Jamie he, he, they got to meet Pastor Phil and the whole church mm, he says it's so uh, 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 brings so much joy into his heart to be in front of you he feels like he's a part of your family They've also gone uh, one time to Phil's house and they got to sit down and have a meal. I believe it was during one of the table group uh, times that was at Phil's house. Of course, kwa file tuliona na video flani enye nafundisha about Christ. Tukeikala kalibu na moto inje, tukeikala kwa moto hapo. He's saying we, we, there was a video we learned, uh, um, there was about uh, a ministry and talking about Jesus and learning about the Bible, but he also remembers, uh, I think there was a bonfire, he says there was fire outside and he remembers sitting outside and enjoying that. So kujua file, file nae akeniolewa, tukekua samza ziangu, so mimi ii muda watu naona kitu yangu nae inazidia ulafika, lakini naona kama familia inye kukalibu nami. Since I got to know Phil and been close with everyone, he actually used the term, I felt like Phil was my parent. I felt like he was taking me in and taking care of me. Um, and so I felt like I was a part of the family. So, um, wakati mwa nikambia Jamie, tukona, tukona shida usafili, mm-hmm. kila, kila saa kusumbua tubebe kwa, kwa soko, tubebe kwa appointment, afazali tukona pesa ndogo wakalibu ilu tatu za dola, mm-hmm. Saidia tupate gali, at least tukona ilipa kwa dola, kwa deni pole pole. He said, you know, this issue of transportation, uh, it's really difficult where we can't get place and we feel like we're bothering you a lot, Jamie, with always giving us rights. Perhaps, is there a way we could get some sort of a loan, maybe around, you know, a few thousand dollars to buy a car and then we can pay it slowly over time because we are working and it will alleviate you having to take us everywhere and we would have of course the freedom of having a vehicle. Uh, Jamie akesema eh, okay akifikisha uh, swali kwa wanake Mr. Chris mm-hmm. wakeshaile swali kwa Mr. Phile. Mm-hmm. So then Jamie took that information discussed with Chris and then even went further and discussed with Pastor Phil. So Pastor Phil akisema say Isaac kuna vani nafasi niko naona vani akose tunaizona kama mnaizinunua. Mm-hmm. And so um, Pastor Phil said, hey, let me, let me see what we can find. Let me see how I can discuss with the church and see how we can be able to assist them with finding a vehicle. Mm-hmm. Says we, 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 we were hoping to have a loan. We were hoping to have something where we would just pay back. But it, we even were blessed in a greater way. We, a van was found and it was given us free of charge to be able to use. And we are so thankful for that. Uh, it's something, of course, that we cannot uh, express. We cannot thank this enough. Our words cannot thank you enough. 
uh, tena siku hapo nyuma wakitupatia uh, Christmas gift ya TV mkubwa sana. Mm-hmm. He's, he's, he's saying I, I cannot thank enough as he's saying I, there's no enough words to be able to say how thankful I am. And he's actually adding on and saying he, they received a Christmas gift of a TV. He says so big of a TV. That's the was actually is very big and he's so thankful for the TV. Um ni mtu mwingi ambaye wametusaidia wamepatia Francine nguo kwa sababu watu wamupia hapa ni vitu mwingi ambavyo tunahitaji tupatie nguo viato so they've given us so many things they've given my wife and I clothes they've given us shoes they've given us many 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 things that we can even recount everything so hii kitu ndani moyo yetu inatuonesha kama hauko rafiki lakini ni watu ya familia sana kila wakati tunahitaji wanakuya kusaidia says this thing is not friendship it feels that it is more of a family anytime in need anytime we have anything that we are falling short they are ready and help, and, and, and able to assist us and we're so thankful for that tena na niko namaliza ukiona ginzi tulipatana na watu kuanzia mwanzo question maka nyuma something that's kind of supernatural like just mtoto mdogo to connect mhm niko na question mkuu wa nyuma so nizani hii kitu Mm. Uh, Mwenyezi Mungu atusaidie kusudi uh, tuzidi kuonesha sana sana mm-hmm. na uh, loho ya upendo mm-hmm. and it's kind of my prayer and uh, challenge that everybody to have this kind of love and kindness uh, today it was done to me mm-hmm. uh, wanna do it to I was welcomed mm-hmm. and uh, I also wish one time to come somewhere in that such a manner mm-hmm. and it's my challenge to everybody who is here that we can all develop that I always believe a, ca- uh, a world where there is love and kindness so is a sweet place to live in mm-hmm. he says that as as he concludes he says he looks back and he thinks that it was through a child that this everything that has happened the relationship and all the good that has come and he says it really challenges him and, it, and and he says it could not be in any other way other than the hand of god through that we could not manufacture what happened we couldn't try even if we tried and so he's saying i i really thank god for opening all those paths and of course as he was sharing at the end he says i i hope that i can do the same how they have blessed me i hope that i can pass on and he's also saying to the church that i hope we can have love and kindness that we can be able to reach out to other people so he says thank you thank you very much on that so nani mamaliza watu mingi ambaye nilijaribu kueleza hii story wakati nilimita watu kila mtiko like so inspired so naendelea ku fanya hii kazi especially sasa kutia kwa maandiko mm-hmm. kusudi inaweza kuwa mafundisho ya kila mtu especially kwa mapenzi kupendana mm-hmm. so minamaliza nasema nashukuru sana mm-hmm. nashukuru sana mm-hmm. thank you so much i'm out of words because i'm so much excited god bless you <laughs> thank you thank you isaac he is saying i am sh- i've been sharing this story and everyone is like wow like even other people he knows and so as i continue to share it i want to share with as many people because i want to show how beautiful it is and how we can serve other people in the community so he's telling more and more people of what has happened in his life and so he's so thankful for that um and 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 very appreciative um before we conclude i, I do want to turn to Jamie and allow her to just share what has that meant for her Chris and the kids having this interaction with Isaac Francine uh, through this time 
He, he said a lot of great things. Um, it really was a divine appointment. I believe that God um, just, yeah, moved, and it's become a beautiful friendship. And we have loved getting to know Isaac and Francine. Um, just to hear different perspectives, um, we've grown in just how we can love people that we don't know and have never met before. And... Yeah, just learn different new traditions, and um, yeah, it's just been really fun. Mm -hmm. Thank you, thank you. Um, again, thank you so much for sharing this with us. Asante sana kwa na sisi sukiyalo wacha tuombe na kusema asante. So let us pray, church. Mungu Baba, asante sana kwa siku ya leo. Nashukuru kwa na Isaac, nataka kumwambia yeye na pia Francine. Uh, Nashukuru ya kwamba uliwaleta hapa Amerikani, maisha ambayo wameza kuwa nayo. Nashukuru urafiki ambayo umepatikana kwa Jamie na Chris na watoto wao. Uh, vile umeza kuatumia kuwasaidia kwa maisha mpaka wameza kufaulu hata kupata gari, hata kuweza kufika sehemu mbali mbali, kuanza kujua vitu hapa Dimoin. Nashukuru sana kwa hiyo. Naomba mungu utafungua moyo wetu hata sisi siku ya leo ili tuweze kusaidia wengine ambao wako kule nje. Tunajua kuna wengi wanahitaji usaidizi wetu na ni wewe ndio utafungua moyo wetu ili tuweze kusaidiana. Dear Heavenly Father, I just want to say thank you so much this morning for, for Jamie and Isaac for taking time to be with us and sharing their story. We believe that it's through your hand and through your spirit that you guided every move up until now. We just want to say thank you so much for Jamie and Chris for blessing and loving and doing everything in their power to help Isaac and Francine. It's, it's such a pleasure to see how you are moving mightily through each and every one of us here. And I pray this morning that you can inspire us, that you can open our hearts, that we can be able to look at how we can serve, how we can extend arms here in Des Moines, and how we can invite other people into our table. Amen.